Well, good morning. My name is Chad, and I have the great joy of serving as the senior pastor at First Baptist. How grateful are you for those that lead us in worship um, week to week? Thank you guys so much. So excited that Nate Jernigan is going to be coming on staff with us in a permanent capacity as our worship pastor. I rejoice over that. I know you do as too. And so be sure that you welcome he and Megan into our faith family as they really put down roots um, here in our city and here at First Baptist New Orleans. Well, this morning I want to invite you to open in God's Word to Psalm 136. Psalm 136. Um, And finding your way there, if you just open right to the middle of the Bible, you're probably in Psalms. And so today we're going to be looking at a psalm that really trains our hearts of what it means to give thanks. To give thanks to the Lord. But what I want to just real quickly just get out of the way, okay, is because Psalm 136 is an imperative. An imperative is when you tell somebody to do something. Um, It is saying again and again, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we're going to see these refrains. We're going to see the call to give thanks to the Lord. This is not um, maybe that experience that you've had before where you were sharing with someone something difficult in your life and they just kind of shut you down and say, well, you know, you've got things you can give thanks for. And then they just kind of dismiss what you're going through, maybe the thing you were opening up about, and they just say, yeah, but it could be worse. Or something like that. That's not what this is. And so I don't want you to miss it today. That, that this is someone who's speaking to us knowing from his own experience. Because we don't know exactly who the writer of this psalm is. It doesn't give us that little um, you know, transcript of who it was and what it was to be sung to and all that kind of stuff. We, we're missing some of those markers. Could have been King David. Could have been someone else. But what we know is this is God, our Father, speaking to us as his children, calling us into what will cause us to thrive. Okay, just just know that this is your Father who gave his one and only Son for you, who is calling you to do something that he knows is going to usher in goodness and joy into your life. But listen, I get it. After my mom's transplant, where I donated part of my liver to her, And it didn't go well. You see, ultimately her body rejected the part of my body that I had given to her. And then she needed another liver and a kidney from a deceased donor. I thought I was, my goodness of donating part of my body to my mom was killing her. Because she never left the hospital. She was at Oshner for 11 months straight in the hospital. Many times us having to say goodbyes before they'd have to do another procedure to try to get things to work. And just saying, she's so weak, she's so deteriorated, um, we don't know if she'll make it through this one. And so you may just need to say your goodbyes. And so after another one of the goodbyes, I was at home and there was nothing in me that wanted to seek the Lord. There was nothing in me that wanted to give praise. I was broken. But God in his goodness in that moment just gave me just enough strength to then just flip open my Bible and then he just began to speak to me a message of love and began to give me strength that came from his word so that I could begin to praise him again. God is faithful. And so whatever you're going through right now, whether it's something like what I just kind of shared about my own experience of like grief and not wanting God and not wanting to praise him and just feeling like I'm, an, I'm empty Know that God is faithful. And so what he's calling us to do in this passage today 
He's, he's going to give you just enough strength by his spirit to do that. And then as you begin to take one step at a time toward him, he is going to meet you in every one of those efforts. Just know that. Be encouraged with that. So don't receive this as a dismissive thing of like, hey, quit your belly aching, praise the Lord, you know, that kind of thing. But instead, hear this as God your Father bring you into a thriving relationship with him. You see, in Harvard Health Publishing of Harvard Medical School last year in 21 in August, they, they published an article called Giving Thanks Can Make You Happier. You know, I was like, wow. And, you know, it, took, it took Harvard Medical School doing research to bring us to this. But I do love when, when research helps confirm what God has been saying all along, okay? I, I love that. They continue, in positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. People feel and express gratitude in multiple ways. They can apply it to the past. Catch this. This is where this is going to help, uh, you know, our, our time today. They can apply it to the past, retrieving positive memories and being thankful for elements of childhood or, or past blessings. The present... Um, not taking good fortune for granted as it comes, and the future, maintaining a hopeful and optimistic attitude. So past, present, future. Regardless of the inherent or current level of someone's gratitude, it's a quality that individuals can successfully cultivate further. I love that. It's something you can cultivate further. You and I, we can cultivate that. I don't know about what you've got planned this week for Thanksgiving, but a lot of you are probably at some point around some table or living room or something are going to spend a minute saying, so what's everybody thankful for? What's everyone thankful for? And what a lot of coaches that try to help people to grow and be better, what they'll tell you is start your day every day with gratitude. In fact, there's a lot of like leadership journals that the way that they're structured is the first three questions or the first three blanks for you to fill in are things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for, and then boom, you start listing it. This is something we can cultivate. But listen, this isn't just pop psychology. This isn't self-help stuff. This is the word of the Lord. And so I want to invite you to stand this morning for the reading of God's word. And I'm only going to read verse 1. And then we're going to do something a little bit more participatory um, during today's service of repeating the refrain. Because there's really a main idea that the author wants us to get, um, that God is wanting us to capture. And so you're going to catch it today. Trust me, when you said it for the 26th time today, you're going to get it, okay? But let's just do this together, okay? Let's all read verse 1 out loud together, okay? So you follow along on the screen and can read out loud in that way or you can look at God's word. I'm reading from the CSB, but maybe follow along on the screen. It says this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you that we get to celebrate today that your faithful love endures forever. Oh, praise your name, God, that it won't stop God, we praise you that there's not something, a mistake we're gonna make a year from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, that your love will just cease. God, thank you that your love will continue on for all of eternity. And so, Father, thank you that you are in this passage today training us to trust you. So, God, may we trust you all the more. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. 
Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Now, what I want us to see in this passage, in this psalm, and we're going to read through this together. And what I'm going to do at different little breaks in the passage is I'm going to read the first part. And in in my Bible, it's got an italicized part of each verse that says, His faithful love endures forever. That's your part, okay? And this psalm was written that way, probably to be sung. I'm going to spare you today on that one. It is is. The, the person leading would say the first line, and then the congregation would say the second part. They, they would be the ones to, to do this. So let's just get warmed up a little bit real fast, okay? So your part is his faithful love endures forever. Okay, you ready? His faithful love endures forever. One more time. His faithful love endures forever, okay? So main point today, his faithful love endures forever. I mean, that's the main takeaway. That's why when we look at the Bible and we see what is the author saying is the main point, when he says it 26 times, it's the main point, okay? So just know if you walk away understanding that, you have understood the Bible rightly today, okay? But look how it's structured. I want you to see the flow of this psalm because it could feel a little bit like he's just like kind of daydreaming and just like, man, what are all the things I give thanks for? And he just starts going through and listening to all these things. But there's actually this incredible structure to what the writer of this psalm is doing. And, and, and what I want you to catch is that it actually is sending you and I into the Bible all the more. And it's actually using the Bible to train us of how to give thanks. Not only looking at the past, but so that we can frame our gratitude today in light of what God has done in the past. So let's look at it together. So it's, it's first of all, it's, it's training us to give thanks for what God has done for what God has done. We're talking about that past tense, looking back. And so we're gonna read verses one through three. You're gonna do your part, I'm gonna do my part, okay? Are y'all ready? Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. In the beginning, God. Don't miss that. That is the foundation of existence. That is the foundation of our faith. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes in. But don't miss this. In the beginning, God, he existed before all of this. He existed before all of us. He is not our creation. We are his. In the beginning, God And that's what the author is here anchoring us back to. He's saying, you can just give thanks to God for being God. There's always that opportunity for you and I just to thank God that he is God. That's all he does here. Give thanks to the God of gods, the Lord of lords. You're saying, is this guy teaching us that there's lots of gods and, and lots of lords? No, he's not teaching that there's like demigods out there for us to worship. He's acknowledging that he is God overall. And notice that in your Bible, probably in mine, it's acknowledging people do worship other gods. People do worship other lords, but he is God over all of those. And we see that on display when he begins to go against the gods of Egypt. In Exodus, where he begins to come in these different plagues on the Egyptians, he is dealing with one God after another. One God after another through every one of those plagues. He is God of God, God of gods, and Lord of lords. Notice the singular. He's God. Over all of the gods you can worship. He's Lord. 
over all the lords that you might worship. And because he is such, he is worthy of our praise. Give thanks to God for what he's done, for he is just God. He is God. Second, give thanks to God for his creation. We're going to pick back up here, and I'm going to keep reading, and you do your part, I'll do mine. He alone does great wonders. He made the heavens skillfully. He spread the land on the waters. He made the great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians. I wasn't supposed to read t- verse 10 yet. Sorry about that. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that one. Verses 4 through 9, giving thanks to God for what he's done for his creation. Notice that what he does is he recounts in kind of a su- summarizing way the beginning of the book of Genesis. And that's really foundational for you and me to recall and to remember is that the fact that God created things means we can worship him in light of his creation. That when we look at the sun and how the day is so perfectly ordered, how the sun or the world is going around the sun and, it, and there's this day and night, seasons of years, and there's just this beautiful order, everything, that is showing us that God is a God of order. Paul begins to use this idea of an orderly God for orderly worship when he's training the church in Corinth of what their worship services should look like. It shouldn't be chaos because God isn't a God of chaos. He brought order out of the chaos. There was darkness over the surface and then he begins to form the dry land and he begins to populate it with plants and people and animals and all of these things. And it's a beautiful portrait of his creation. Listen, some of the best poetry that we know, you and I that we enjoy, are naturalist writings. Those that take time to ponder, many times from an atheistic perspective, but what they're tapping into is there is something marvelous about this created world. That there is an invitation, seemingly, to ponder a deeper existence just by looking at something as simple and as beautiful as a leaf. I'm one of those weird guys. Let me just go ahead and tell you, if you ever go hiking with me, I touch lots of things. When I'm going through, I like to feel the bark of the different trees, to feel just the contour of how it's made, whether it's smooth or rough, whether it's got contour or it's flat. Um, All those things, I like to feel nature. I love ferns. I love to to look at how they're structured. They're just the beautiful symmetry, um, how that they're they're formed underneath their leaf. I like to look at leaves, pick them up, collect them. You know, when we're walking along, I love nature. I love to feel it. And as I do, I am just reminded of the diversity in God's creation. The enjoyment of this God for there to be this beautiful diversity in something that we collectively call the woods. That the woods are made up of all of this diversity and we go there and there's this seeming sense of God's presence, at least for this guy, in the woods. And even though there's a chaos to it, a disorder, there's also this beautiful order to it that I can still see and reflect and I can give praise to God who made the tree that I'm touching who formed the leaf that I behold, who crafted these bizarre-looking insects that I can see. 
This God, this God in his creation is calling for you and I to praise him and to give thanks. So do yourself a favor this week. Go outside. Just look around. Take a moment to ponder his creation. Go out to Lake Pontchartrain. Go to City Park. Go to Audubon Place and walk along Audubon Park and consider the beauty of his creation. Consider his majesty through the majesty of a live oak tree. Consider his vastness as you look at Lake Pontchartrain. Just allow nature to usher you into his presence. But it doesn't stop there. We give thanks for what God has done for his rescue. But look what he says. We're going to pick up in verse 10. I do my part, you do your part. He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians and brought Israel out from among them. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, he divided the Red Sea and led Israel through. But hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. He led his people in the wilderness. Now we don't know the exact date of composition when this psalm was written, but we know this. It was a long time after the things just recorded here. But there's this sense in which this person who is training the people of God to give thanks is recalling as if it happened just yesterday or recalling as if it happened in their lifetime the deliverance that God brought through the Red Sea, the deliverance that God brought from Egypt and from Pharaoh, a, an oppressive king that was suppressing and oppressing God's people, even murdering baby boys. We look and we see how he's using this story from Exodus to help be the reason they give praise today. Well, that's an invitation for you and I. That becomes a framework by which we understand how we can give praise today. And in just a moment, you're going to hear testimony from one of your own brothers who has walked through deliverance, walked through God's rescue in some incredible ways to be able to give testimony today of what that looks like. But don't miss it. The reason that there is all of this captured in the Bible is so that you and I today can give praise. You say, well, what does that mean, Chad? Read the Bible. Please, I have pleaded with you. And I'm constantly pushing against my own laziness or my own distraction to remain consistent in this, reading the Bible. You say, Chad, why is that such a big deal to you? I hope you're asking that question. Chad, why is it such a big deal to you? Are you a legalist? You know, like are you believe we're saved because we read the Bible? No, I'm not a legalist. I don't believe we're being saved because we read the Bible. But I do believe that I have been saved from countless stupid decisions because God's word was having a sharpening effect on my mind. I do believe that God has used his word to save me from turning to other things for meaning in this life that would ruin me. I do believe that God is using his word over and over and over again to save me. And the reason that I can believe that and it not just be, well, yeah, that's your opinion, is because God has ordained and has said it a million times about the goodness of his word 
and the applicability of his word for us today. I mean, just consider this. The fact that God has preserved his word and not only preserved it in incredible purity, but has now allowed it to be distributed and accessible so that every one of you in this room have access for free through apps on your phone so that you can have it and then send it to other places around the world is an incredible kindness and goodness of God. That's how much God wants you and I and the world to know of his goodness is he has made his word so available and has preserved it. He has preserved it through countless conflicts. He has preserved it through people saying, we don't need the word anymore, and they've burned it. He's preserved his word through the the mistakes that people make when they copy things. In fact, he even is using today those mistakes, all of those copies of copies of copies of copies of copies of copies of copies copies to result in this textual reliability. We can look at all of these different manuscripts and rather than being like, ooh, there's a lot of mistakes here, instead what we find is incredible agreement here. That the mistakes are like, oh, he wrote an O instead of an E, essentially. One little letter mistakes, copy the same line, the same line twice. His eyes jump from one paragraph to the next that started with the same word. Mistakes that are easily accounted for such that our reliability, our trust that this is actually what was written thousands of years ago increases with every year. So understand that when God is giving us a template to praise him, you have a reliable track record of his praise. So God, we are to give thanks to him for what he has done, for he is good and he is God. We are to give thanks to him for what he's done for his creation. We're to give thanks to him for what he's done for his rescue for us. Just like he rescued the people of God out of Egypt, so we can give him praise today for his rescue for us out of sin and out of slavery. And then finally, we're going to return to the passage. Verse 17, he struck down great kings, your part. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 18, and slaughtered famous kings, his faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Ah, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, his faithful love endures forever. An inheritance to Israel, his servant, his faithful love endures forever. His provision is seen in his word. He provided victory over kings mightier than his people, over kingdoms greater than his people. Their military might was not as strong as theirs, but God brought the victory, listing these two specific instances of victory that we see recorded in his word. And what you might miss is that what this writer has done is he has started in Genesis. He has taken us to Exodus. He has gone through Leviticus and Numbers and has brought us all the way over to Deuteronomy and going into Joshua. What he's done is he has walked through in a summarizing way the Old Testament and saying, you can use the word of God hundreds of years later, thousands of years later, in order for it to be a template to praise the Lord. And then he shifts from looking back at the past of what God has done, and then he shifts in verse 23 to this reality. He remembered us in our humiliation. His faithful love endures forever and rescued us from our foes. His faithful love endures forever. He gives 
food to every creature. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. You see, this allows us now to move into the present, to give thanks for what God is doing, his faithfulness. But you know, I could sit up here and tell you and give you a template of what it means to give thanks and to be grateful. But I feel like it's more powerful for you to hear it from one of your own, a brother in Christ. And so I'm gonna invite Fred Tombar to come and join me. This is a brother that I have come to love very much since moving back to New Orleans. A brother who has walked through some very difficult times and who has prepared this opportunity to come and to share about the faithfulness of God. So Fred, thank you for leading us in this time. And brother, we thank God for you. Good morning to you all. Um, for those who don't know me, I am uh, Fred Tombar, and uh, my wife and I joined here at First Baptist uh, was four or five years ago um, now, and uh, have just been blessed by being part of this family. Um, it's fitting that I'm here on Thanksgiving week to give this testimony um, because I'm filled with thanks. Thanks first uh, to God for you know, his faithful love endures forever. And uh, um, his uh, healing me and sustaining me and my family through difficult times. Um, to you all, the church family, uh, for your prayer, uh, certainly uh, for your support, emotionally and kind, uh, financially, um, and to my own family and, and friends who endured uh, so much in what I went through. Um, so what did I go through? <laughs> a little bit of background for you. I'm going to read it because if I try to tell it, it will take a long time. Uh, this began with uh, botched gallbladder surgery in March of 2019. I had a nick vein that caused a ma massive internal bleeding with a hematoma that stretched from my groin to above my heart. Uh, it landed me in the ICU on life support for nearly two weeks, and after a few painful and listless months, the hematoma was drained of over two liters of blood. Imagine a two-liter bottle inside my chest for three months. But a smaller hematoma remained. It caused issues for another year until finally an infection um, burst through the side, my side, causing a wound that had to be surgically cleaned out multiple times. I dealt with this infection for another two years. I was in and out of the hospital over a dozen times. And for a year and a half when I wasn't in a hospital, I had nurses coming to my home to take care of the wound. A year ago, the infection spread to my cervical spine and ate away at a disc in my neck that had to be replaced surgically. A day after the surgery, the infection entered into my bloodstream, causing sepsis that once again landed me in the ICU on life support. Today, I still need rehab twice a week and go through, um, and, and though the, the constant uh, pain that I was experiencing has subsided, um, at times I still need uh, uh, painkillers and limited by the uh, pain that I experience. Yet, I stand before you and I proclaim to God's glory that I am healed.
there are a few things I learned along the way that I have to share with you all. Uh, first of all, prayer is necessary. Uh, as my small group, my Bible study group will tell you that I knew all along the way and actually gave thanks to God for using me. I knew that I would be healed. I counted it all joy, every bit of it. Yet there were times when I was low and I just couldn't find it, it within myself to, to pick myself up. And I know that it was your prayers and the prayers of others that sustained me, that got me out of it. And so I tell you all, prayer matters, that we need to continue to pray with one, for one another. And if you aren't in a small group, get in one. It's how the church is supposed to operate. I encourage you all to do it. Um, but please, continue to pray for one another. One, another lesson I learned is that healing can take time, but don't lose faith. Um, we know that in the Bible, um, there are some that Jesus healed instantly, right? The woman with the issue of blood, touched the hem of his garment. But there are others who Jesus uh, took through a process. The man who was born blind, Jesus put mud on his eyes and told him to walk to a pool, washed his eyes, and then at that point, he was able to see. He was healed as soon as Jesus looked at him, even before then, but he had to go through a process. So for some of us, know that we have to go through that process. As Philippians 1 and 6 tells us, uh, that God who began a good work within you will continue until it's finished. So don't lose, don't lose faith. Um, this faithful love endures forever. Um, <laughs> I, I will, um, I, another couple of things I learned. One, uh, morning by morning, new mercies I see. You all may know that line from Greatest Thy Faithfulness, right? And, and I'll tell you why uh, it had such an impact on me. So last year, a year ago, Thanksgiving time, when I was in the hospital, um, I really, I, I had paralysis in my arms because of, because of the disc being eaten, eaten away. I couldn't brush my teeth normally. I had to use one elbow to hold up my hand while the other hand brushed my teeth. Well, one morning in the rehab hospital, I'd gone into the bathroom, came out, and I realized only after coming back and getting in my bed that I actually was able to brush my teeth with one hand, naturally. And God said to me then, he says, stop looking for the, the big recovery. Know that I'm with you, that every day, morning by morning, new mercies you will see, and I will sustain you. Just as I sustained the Israelites in the desert, gave them manna every day, simply what they needed to make it through that day. If they tried to go for more, it was rotten and filled with maggots the next morning. But know that as they relied on me daily, rely on me daily and know that I will provide for you. I will sustain you. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Another, and we here in, in southern Louisiana, in New Orleans in particular, know this lesson well, right? After something major and catastrophic happens, like a hurricane, it's never going to be the same. The rest of the world has come to know this through COVID, right? Work is never going to be the same like it was for anyone ever again, right? Um, and so those of us who yearn for the, the past, right, who are nostalgic for what used to be and not embracing the new normal can get stuck. And I will tell you, 
I knew that God was going to heal me. I thank God for using me all through the process. But it wasn't until I actually started feeling better just a few short months ago that this lesson hit me. This lesson, I thought that I was fully surrendered to God, but I wasn't. I found that I was trying to get back to where I was in March of 2019, which was in the best shape of my adult life. I wanted to get back on my bike and ride it every day. I wanted to be able to get in the gym and do the things that I was doing. And God said to me, if you trust me to bring you through it, why aren't you trusting me to bring you to it? Know that I am bringing you to where I want you to be. Release that in the past. How can we move forward if you are yearning for what's behind? You are like, like Lot's wife looking back. And I cannot take you to where I want you to be if you continue to look back. So I will tell you, don't look back. Look forward. Trust that the God that's bringing you through it is bringing you to it. On my birthday at the end of May this year, I pray. I get up in the morning. I try to meditate and pray every, every morning, most mornings before everybody else wakes up. Um, and God said to me, just as I was starting to, he said, stop, get out a pen, write this down. I've got something for you. And this is what he said to me. He says about this, this thing of using me, and this was confirmation that God was using me, his confirmation on my birthday. He said, I trusted you with this experience. I'm not testing you. I've chosen you. I'm not challenging you. I'm perfecting you. I'm not punishing you. I'm using you. I am not abusing you. Know that God is using you. Listen, take the time when he tells you to stop and he has a message for you. Know that the message is just validation and confirmation that God is with you, that his faithful love endures forever. I'm going to close with this. So... When all of this started, I was the main provider in my house, making over a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year. I didn't have any insurance, uh, disability insurance, and so we went from that to nothing. And I will tell you, there were many times when the dollars didn't make sense, when the money ran out before the month did, but somehow God still continued to provide. And there were times I was applying for jobs, and there were jobs that were just amazingly, seemed like they were perfect for me. Read their job description. My wife and I talked about it. We were like, man, there can't be anybody better in this country for that job than you, right? And there was major disappointment when I didn't get them. Well, one thing my wife said to me, she said, could you imagine had you gotten those jobs and had to go through all you were going through health-wise? the pressure that would have been upon you, how difficult it would have been for you to try to manage all of that. God knew. And God did know. He used all of those jobs, one, to, to give a message to me. When I was starting to doubt myself because of a feeling that I had professionally and, and personally, um, that he was there, that he would provide for me, he would sustain me, he would give me something that would fulfill me, right? Um, the other thing, though, was that he was showing me that there is something in all of this I'm going through that seems like disappointment that's setting you up for something more. And so tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, 
after all that I've been through health-wise, feeling as well as I am now, I'll be sworn in as the Deputy Director for Retirement Services for all of the federal government. And God used some of the jobs that I didn't get to help me with the clearance process for the job I did get. So I just want to reinforce to you all that God's faithful love endures forever. Great job. You did great. Love you, brother. Keep encouraging you. Will you pray with me? God, we pray and we give you thanks, God, because your faithful love endures forever. Lord, thank you for this testimony of how you were at work through the most difficult situations, life-ending moments, Father, where if it, it had gone just a little bit worse, things could have ended, Lord, but you were there and you were at work. God, thank you that you have redeemed this experience for our brother to help challenge us, to encourage us, to propel us, Father, into greater faith in you. And so, Father, bless our brother. Thank you for these moments with him. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you, brother. Thank you. For just a moment, sorry about that. We're gonna sing a song of response here in just a moment. But I don't want you to miss it. Did you see how Fred used the Old Testament again and again and again to help him understand what God was doing in his life in, that, in those moments. How God was helping him to see through a story of manna on the ground, a story recorded in Exodus, recounted again in Numbers. He was using that to help him understand that his mercies are new every morning. That was how God was working. He, he knew he needed not to look back at March of 2019. He needed to look ahead to where God was taking him Unlike Lot, Lot's wife who looked back. And that's a story straight out of the Old Testament. Don't miss it. God is wanting his word to anchor you through what you're going through right now. But also don't miss it. It was the prayers of the saints that he led with. How important it was to be part of a Bible study group, to be in a group that was praying for him and encouraging him. I want to thank you that are in Fred and Jilla's group for praying for them, for walking with them through those years of difficulty. But you know what? There's a reality, though, that apart from Christ Jesus and what he has done for us, we will spend our lives just looking to Harvard Medical, looking to life coaches, looking to other people to try to get us into a place of happiness, into a place where we, we really feel like we have joy in our lives. But I'm wanting you to know something. If you're here today and you've been looking and you want the good life, Know this, Christ Jesus gives you the full life, full of his Holy Spirit, full of his love and forgiveness, full of joy in the midst of trials, full of purpose, and full of enduring love that endures forever. Jesus said this, surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And it's a promise he will keep into eternity. I'm gonna invite for everyone to stand in this moment. We're gonna sing a song of response, a song of worship. But you may be here today and you just need prayer. 
You just need someone to pray for you. You just need someone to encourage you. Our pastors are right here and want to be available to you to pray for you. You may just need to spend time bowing or you just may need to spend time lifting your hands and praising him for his faithfulness. However you need to respond today, do that in these moments together.